بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما So last week we spoke about the beginning of the siege of Khaybar and we mentioned that the city of Khaybar had eight major fortresses and the Muslims had surrounded the first fortress and the name of that, force, that fortress was the fortress of An-Na'im. So the Jews of Khaybar, they fortified themselves inside the fortress. So they went inside the fortress, they kept the gate shut and the Muslims were not able, the Muslims were not able to reach them inside of the fortress. So these Jews, they would come out from time to time and they would try to fight with the Muslim army. But when the fighting became too intense, they would retreat and they would go back into their fortress and they would close the gate. So this went on for a period of about 14 days. And because of this, the Muslims were not able to make much progress due to the Jews' ability to retreat whenever they needed to and protect themselves behind the walls of the fortress. So this went on for a period of 14 days. Then on the 15th night, things changed. A Jewish man snuck out from the fortress of An-Na'im and he was spotted and he was captured by the head of the security of the Muslim army and that was Umar ibn al-Khattab So Umar ibn al-Khattab he caught this Jewish man who left the fortress and Umar was ready to kill him but the man said just wait please just give me a chance to meet your prophet first. So Umar ibn al-Khattab he accepted this and the man was brought to the Prophet And the Prophet asked this man, Ma wara'ak? What is there in the fortress? What do you guys have in the fortress? And the man said, the people in the fortress, they have food, they have water, they have supplies, they have everything in that fortress and it will last them for years. They have so much in that fortress that they can stay locked into that fortress for a period of years without having to even come out. So then the Prophet ﷺ asked him, Then why did you come out? And the man said, I came out to meet you to ask for a promise of safety from you. I want safety from you. I want a guarantee of security from you. And the Prophet ﷺ replied to this man, he said, look, you're saying that the fortress is safe and that it is filled with food and water and supplies. So why are you asking me for safety? Why aren't you just staying inside the fortress? And then the man replied to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I'm asking you for safety because I know for a fact that you will conquer Khaybar. And all of the Jews actually know this. They all know this and they are terrified of this. But they know that this is the truth. They know that they will be defeated and that you will be victorious because this is written in the Torah. This is written in the Torah. So they know that it will come to pass. And then the man continued to tell the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight in a battle that I already know that we are not going to win. So I want to surrender right now and I want a promise of safety from you for myself and my family. I will surrender now. I have no intention to fight you, but I want a guarantee of safety for myself and my family. So the Prophet said, yes, you have my promise of safety. And anyone else who wants to surrender like you, I give them my promise of safety. 
So you can see here that the goal of the Prophet ﷺ was not to just kill people, but the goal was to neutralize the threat that the Jews of Khaybar posed for the Muslims. So anyone who wants to surrender, you can surrender and you have a promise of safety. So the man continued to tell the Prophet ﷺ, he said that extreme fear has entered the hearts of the Jews. They know that this is not going to end well for them. And they're absolutely terrified. So this was the situation. So that night, the 15th night of the siege, the Prophet ﷺ, he gathered the companions and he said, He said, tomorrow I am going to give the flag to a man who loves Allah and his messenger. And he is loved by Allah and his messenger. Tomorrow I'm going to give the flag to a man who loves Allah and he loves his messenger. And this man is also loved by Allah and he is loved by his messenger. So the Sahaba عنهم, they became very excited. Who is this person? Who is going to get this flag? Rasulullah is testifying that this person who is going to get the flag tomorrow is beloved by Allah and beloved by the Messenger What greater honor can you have than that? So the Sahaba became very excited. Everyone was hoping that it's going to be me. So Umar Umar ibn Khattab he said, I never wished for leadership except on that day. That's the only day that I wished that I would be the leader because I wanted to be the one who would receive that flag because of the honor of being loved by Allah and His Messenger. This is proof. If you get that flag, that's proof that you are a person who is loved by Allah and you are loved by Rasulullah What greater honor can there be than that? So Umar he said, I never wished for leadership except on that day I wished that I would be the person who would receive that flag. So the Sahaba during that night, they were so excited that they couldn't even sleep. And they were talking amongst themselves during that night, who is going to get this flag? Who is going to get this honor to have this flag? A person who is loved by Allah and His Messenger. What a great honor. So the next morning, the Sahaba, they gathered together, very excited, waiting for the news, who is going to get the flag? So the Prophet ﷺ, when the time came to give the flag, the Prophet ﷺ said, Aina Ali ibn Abi Talib. Where is Ali, the son of Abu Talib? Ali radiallahu anhu. He was the one who was going to get that honor of receiving the flag on that day. A testimony that he loves Allah and his messenger and he is loved by Allah and his messenger So the Prophet ﷺ, he asked, Aina Ali. So Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, he was brought to the Prophet sallallahu but his eyes were closed. He was suffering from an eye infection, a bad eye infection, such to the extent that his eyes were shut. So when he was brought to the Prophet sallallahu in this state, the Prophet sallallahu asked him, Malaka ya Ali, what's the matter ya Ali? And Ali radiallahu an, he said, Ya Rasulullah, la ara sahlan wala wadiyah. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I cannot see anything. I can't see the mountains, I can't see the valleys, I can't see anything. I have this problem with my eyes and I can't see. So the Prophet ﷺ, he 
he spit in the eyes of Ali with his blessed saliva and he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Ali and Ali was cured immediately he was cured right then and there immediately as if there was nothing ever wrong with his eyes his eyes came back to perfect health alhamdulillah by the barakah of the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the blessed cure in the saliva of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave Ali ibn Abi Talib the flag. So now Ali radiallahu an was in charge of the army for this day. So Ali radiallahu an he organized the soldiers in a new different type of formation. So when the Jews came out to fight when the Jews came out of their fortress to fight, Ali radiallahu an, he had the flag. And the Muslim army was behind him. The person who has the flag, he's in the front, and the rest of the soldiers are behind him. So Ali radiallahu an, he did a different type of military strategy in this situation. And we'll see how that military strategy worked out. So to give a visual aid of it, let's say, this is the fortress of An-Na'im. And the Jews of Khaybar, they are inside the fortress. So this is the Jewish army inside the fortress, right? The army of Ali radiallahu an is facing the fortress. And his soldiers are with him, behind him, right? So what Ali radiallahu an did, he kept a group of soldiers with him. And then he secretly, he secretly, without the knowledge of these Jews, he secretly kept a group of soldiers on the side as well, on the sides of the fortress, both sides of the fortress, the right side of the fortress and the left side of the fortress. But the Jews, they didn't know that. So now Ali radiallahu anhu, he's here with his flag and his soldiers that are with him are behind him. So the Jews, they come out of the fortress and they come to attack the Muslim army with Ali radiallahu anhu in the front. Now Ali radiallahu anhu, Instead of advancing towards them, Ali radiallahu an, he keeps backing up. He keeps backing up. And the, the soldiers behind him, they keep backing up too. So instead of moving forward, which is the normal strategy when you're in a confrontation, Ali radiallahu an, he's going backwards. And his army behind him, they're also going backwards. So as they keep going backwards, the Jews, they keep moving forward. Ali keeps going backwards. The Jews keep moving forward. So when the Jews had gone a distance away from their fortress, the fortress is still open, and the Jewish soldiers, they're way away from the fortress now. Now these two factions that Ali radiallahu an had secretly kept on the sides, they come and their intention is not to fight those Jews who are fighting with Ali radiallahu an and that part of the army. Their intention is to go for the fortress and to enter the fortress so they move forward when they see that the Jewish army is a distance away now they see their opportunity so both of these flanks they go towards the fortress to enter the fortress it's open now this is their chance when the Jewish army realizes what has happened now they realize what what happened they realize that this was the military strategy of Ali radiallahu anhu they abandon the fighting they stop fighting and they run back to try to close their fortress so the Jews and the Muslims now are fighting at the gate of the fortress. The Jews are trying to close it 
and the Muslims are trying to make sure that it stays open so they can go inside. So this was the brilliant military strategy by Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. So the fighting is going on now by the door, by the gate of the fortress. And eventually the Jews realize that they are not going to be able to close the gate and the Muslims are able to infiltrate and they come inside the fortress. After 14 days of not being able to penetrate that fortress with this brilliant military strategy by Ali, Ali ibn Abi Talib now the Muslims are able to penetrate and they get inside the fortress. So as soon as the Jews realized that their fortress had been penetrated, they ran away. They abandoned the fortress and they ran away to the next fortress. Remember, we mentioned there were eight main fortresses. So now they ran away from the first fortress because they realized that it had been conquered and there was nothing they could do about it now. The Muslims had gotten inside. So they, the Jews ran away from that fortress and they went to fortress number two, which was the fortress of As-Sa'b ibn Mu'adh. So this was the first victory at Khaybar and that was at the hands of the great Sahabi Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu So now the Muslims, they have control of the fortress of An-Na'im and they move forward to the next fortress, the fortress of As-Sa'b ibn Mu'adh because now that is where the Jews had fortified themselves, themselves inside the second fortress, the fortress of As-Sa'b. So now the Muslim army, they went forward and they surrounded the second fortress, the fortress of As-Sa'b ibn Mu'adh. So the Prophet wasallam, he used to give the flag to a different person every day. And on the first day of the siege of the second fortress, the fortress of As-Sa'b, the Prophet wasallam, gave the flag to the great Sahabi Hubab ibn al-Munzir So he was in charge of leading the battle at the fortress of As-Sa'b. So on the first day of the siege of the fortress of As-Sa'b, a Jewish warrior came out and he challenged the Muslims to a duel. Remember, this is how they used to start out the battles with these mubarazat, with these one-on-one -on -one duels. So a Jewish warrior came out of the fortress of As-Sa'b and he challenged the Muslims to a duel. And Hubab ibn al-Munzir himself, he personally went and he accepted that challenge and he fought this Jewish warrior and al-Hubab was able to defeat this Jewish warrior. Then the, a second Jewish warrior came out and he challenged the Muslims to a duel again. And one of the Muslims from the Ansar, he accepted that challenge and he fought him and the Muslim was victorious again. And this happened for a few more warriors. And each time the Muslim would defeat the Jew. So it was very clear that in these one-on-one -on -one confrontations, these one-on-one -on -one duels, the Muslims were far superior to the Jews. Also, during the siege of the fortress of As-Sa'ab, the Jews inside their fortress, they were able to shoot arrows at the Muslims. So the, Muslim, the Muslims are down and the Jews are inside the fortress. So they are able to shoot arrows down at the Muslim army. So the Muslim army, they were busy defending themselves with their shields against those arrows that were being poured down upon them by the Jews. So as they were defending themselves from these arrows that were coming down, suddenly the fortress opens. The fortress of As-Sa'b, it opens and a large number of Jewish soldiers come out. And the Muslim army is caught off guard here. They weren't expecting this. So it was a very severe ambush 
and the Jews were able to move forward to such an extent that they were able to reach all the way to the Prophet himself. But the Prophet he stayed firm and a group of companions around him, they also remained firm and they were able to fight off these Jews. But because it was so intense, a large number of the companions, they actually retreated and they went back. So when the Prophet ﷺ saw that a large number of companions were moving back, the Prophet ﷺ, he called out loudly, Ya Ibadallah, Aina tafirun? Oh, servants of Allah, where are you running away to? And the Prophet ﷺ, he reminded them, Ya Ahla Bay'atir Ridwan, Ya Ashab al-Shajara. He reminded them of Hudaybiyah and he reminded them of the pledge that they took with him under the tree at Hudaybiyah. And when they remembered this, when those companions remembered this, it gave them a renewed sense, a renewed sense of courage. And they came back into the battle, every single one of them. They all came back into the battle with new courage and bravery. And they fought bravely and they moved forward. And when the Jews saw what was going on, that these people who were retreating now suddenly with one call from the Prophet ﷺ, now suddenly they're coming back and they're more fierce than ever. The Jews, they started to get scared now and they started retreating. And they tried to retreat back into their fortress. But the Muslims were very close behind them. So the Jews, they tried to get into their fortress, but before they were able to close it, the Muslims were able to come in as well. The Muslims were able to come into the fortress as well. And now the Jews knew that this was the end of the second fortress as well. So they ran away. They ran away from the second fortress and they moved towards the third fortress, the fortress of Az-Zubair. But not all of them were able to escape. Not all of them were able to escape this time. So a number of them were left behind in the fortress of As-Sab and they were taken as prisoners. Now inside the fortress of As-Sab, the Muslims found a huge amount of food. There was lots of food there. So now the hunger problem for the Muslim army was solved. There was lots of food in this fortress. But even more important than that, what the Muslims found inside the fortress of As-Sab, they found heavy military equipment. Very heavy military equipment. The equivalent of what we would call today weapons of mass destruction, right? So what did they find in terms of military equipment? They found manjaniq. Manjaniq is a catapult. It's a catapult that you can launch huge stones or you can even launch fire a far distance into the territory of your enemy. So this was considered a very heavy type of military equipment. So they found manjaniq there. And they also found some reinforced war vehicles. So basically they found these types of, of vehicles that you could move forward with reinforcement, with shields. So you can go and you can attack and you can be safe from being attacked by your enemy because of the shield in front of you. So this is what we would call the equivalent of, of like a tank today, right? So you found these type of 
military equipment. So when the Prophet saw this heavy military equipment there, he asked that Jewish man, that same Jewish man who had surrendered earlier at the first fortress, the Prophet asked this Jewish man, As'aluka billah, liman jahazu hadihi al-adawat? He said, I'm asking you by Allah, for whom did they prepare these weapons? What are these weapons for? Why do they have this military equipment? What is it for? And then this man, he, he answered the Prophet wasallam. He said, Jahazuha lak. That they had prepared all of this military equipment for you. They were planning to use this equipment and come to Medina and use this equipment to attack Medina. So now the plan of the Jews, it became clear and it became evident that yes, they were a serious threat to the Muslims of Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ was completely justified in attacking them before they could attack him. So this was a very serious matter. Also, among the food and the drink, that the Muslims found in the fortress of As-Sa'ab. Like we mentioned, it was full of food and drink. Among the food and drink that they found in the fortress of As-Sa'ab, there were many barrels of wine. There were many barrels of wine. The Jews, they were known to drink wine. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for these barrels to be destroyed and for the wine to be thrown out. So one of the companions, his name was Abdullah, he saw all of this wine being thrown out and he got tempted when he saw all of this wine. He got tempted and he actually drank some of the wine. He was a companion and he was a Muslim, but he got tempted by this and he drank some of the wine. So when the Sahaba saw him, they saw him that he had drunk this wine, they brought him to the Prophet wasallam, and they told the Prophet wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, Abdullah, he drank wine. So the Prophet ﷺ, to punish this man, the Prophet ﷺ took off his shoe. He took off his own shoe and he hit Abdullah as a punishment for this drinking. And the Sahaba, they also took off their shoes and they started hitting him with their shoes as a punishment for drinking alcohol. So while he was being beaten by the Sahaba as his punishment, Umar ibn Khattab عنه, he was also beating him with his shoe. But as he was beating him, as he was hitting him with his shoe, Umar ibn al-Khattab he said, Allah. May Allah curse you. And then the Prophet said, Ya Umar, la tal'anhu. Ya Umar, don't curse him. Don't curse him. Don't curse him. Surely he loves Allah and he loves his messenger. He made a mistake. He did something wrong. And yes, he committed a major sin by drinking alcohol, but still he is a Muslim and he is a person who loves Allah and his messenger. So do not curse him. Do not curse him. And this is a lesson for us as well. You see someone doing something wrong. Yes, you have to advise them. You have to tell them that what they're doing is wrong, but you don't curse your Muslim brother or sister. So as we mentioned, most of the Jews, they had escaped from this fortress and they went on to the third fortress, the fortress of Az-Zubair. But some of them were not able to escape and they were taken as prisoners by the Muslims. Among those who were not able to escape was Salam ibn Mishkam. Salam ibn Mishkam, he was one of the kings of the Jews. 
He was one of the biggest leaders of the Jews. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for Salam ibn Mishkam to be executed. And the reason why he ordered for his execution in particular was that this would destroy the spirit and the morale of the Jews. When they know that one of their biggest leaders, one of their most respected men, when they, when they would find out that he is dead, that he has been killed, it would really crush them. And their morale would go down. So this was the intention of the Prophet ﷺ. So he ordered for Salam ibn Mishkam to be executed. And of course, that was a big blow to the Jews. So after they had conquered the second fortress, the fortress of As-Sa'ab, the Prophet ﷺ ordered for the Muslims to climb onto the roof of that fortress and to loudly make takbir. Go onto the roof of the fortress and say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they climbed onto the roof of the fortress and they loudly made takbir. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And the whole Khaybar could hear it. The whole city of Khaybar could hear the takbir of the Muslims on top of the fortress of As-Sa'ad. So by hearing this takbir, it increased the fear in the hearts of the Jews and it increased the courage in the hearts of the Muslims. So now the Muslims had conquered two of the main fortresses of the city. The fortress of An-Na'im and now the fortress of As-Sa'ad. So the Prophet ﷺ, he left a group of Muslims to guard the fortress of An-Na'im and he left a group of Muslims to guard the fortress of As-Sa'ad and the Prophet ﷺ and the rest of the army, they moved forward to the third fortress, the fortress of Az-Zubair. And inshallah, we will continue to talk about the siege of the fortress of Zubair next week, bi-idhnillah. Wallahu alam, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.